This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week I landed on New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. We're going to talk about a young woman, Maura Murray. She was born in 1982. Okay. Uh, She was the fourth child of her parents, and she was actually the one of five. So there was five kids in that family. Okay. Um, They all lived in Massachusetts. Okay. And they grew up in an Irish Catholic household. Ooh, fun. Uh, I know. So it, it was a lot. But then her parents got divorced when she was six years old. Okay. And she only lived with her mom, primarily with her mom. So okay. she, um, her dad and her were still close and kept in touch, of course, but moms always get custody for some reason. Usually. Yeah. Nurturing mother. Yeah. Um, she was a athlete in high school. Uh, she was on the track team. Okay. She decided to go to West Point. So she got into West Point and went into chemical engineering, and she did that for three semesters. Then she decided, well, I'm going to actually transfer to University of Massachusetts to study nursing. Okay. Um, So obviously, she didn't have the greatest upbringing, you know, going through a divorce and being one of five kids. And, you know, it's just kind of hard. So it didn't really go into this. But I think she was going down a different kind of path. Okay. Um, because in November of 2003, she admitted to using a stolen credit card Ooh. Uh, to order food from a ton of restaurants. Illegal and then, activities. Yeah. And so she got caught, of course. Um, Obviously. And she got put on probation okay. for three months. But then it got dismissed after... Those three months for good behavior. Well, she wasn't stealing people's credit cards and <laughs> and buying she, in those three months. <laughs> she had to be on the train now. What a weird like! How do you present good behavior in that situation? Just don't steal. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy your own things. <laughs> um. So I'm going to talk about a few days beforehand too. So okay. February. So she was in college this at during this time. Mm-hmm. It was February 5th, 2004. Um, her she spoke with her sister, Kathleen, uh, while she was working at a campus security job. OK. And they were discussing Kathleen's like relationship problems with her fiance. And so they were just having a sisterly talk. I went a little kiki. Right, right. And so around 1030, while she was still on her shift, she all of a sudden broke down and just started crying. Oh, no. Um, her supervisor came to her desk and she said that Maura was just completely zoned out. Oh, no. Okay. There was no reaction at all. And she was just unresponsive and asked when they were asking her what was wrong. So the supervisor decided to take her back to her dorm around 1.20 a.m. Okay. And finally, when she did respond, she just said, my sister. And so 
no one knew exactly what happened until 2017. Okay. Where Kathleen actually like told them that what happened, what happened. And she explained that she had just gotten out of rehab and her boyfriend or fiance, the sister did. Yeah, the sister. Kathleen did. did. Kathleen got just got out of rehab. She was an alcoholic. Um, oh. And on the way home, her fiance took her to a liquor store, which caused Mora to have an emotional breakdown because oh. they probably had a lot of dealings with that if she went to rehab. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, why would you take your wife to a, a liquor store if you knew that she had an alcohol problem? I mean, I'm assuming this man was not a good man. and Like maybe he had issues of his own. Yeah. That probably resentment towards her for trying to improve herself. Right. Rude. So then on Saturday, February 7th, Morris' dad came to Amherst. Okay. Um, he and Mora went car shopping that afternoon and went to dinner with a friend. Okay. Um, he dropped, he went back to his hotel and he let her, his daughter, um, use the car because she didn't have one. Okay. And she wanted to go to a party. And so she went to a party around 1030. Okay. And then at 230 in the morning, she left the party and then she started going back to the hotel. Okay. And it was 3.30 a.m. And when she was en route to her dad's motel, um, she struck the guardrail on Route 9. Okay. Causing almost $10,000 worth of damage to the car. Damn. Okay. Right. So the officer wrote on the accident report that there was no field sobriety test taken. Mm. Um, then the officers decided to take her back to the motel and she stayed with her dad the rest of the morning. And at about 4.50 a.m., there was a call placed to her boyfriend from her dad's phone and they were only on the phone or they... I nothing was reported about the phone call, but th she called at four fifty in the morning. Okay, so who knows? Um, so when they woke up, f her dad Fred realized that his car would be covered with his insurance. He rented a car. He dropped his daughter off at the university and decided to drive back to Connecticut. Okay. And at 1130 that night, Fred called his daughter to remind her to get the accident forms and so he could submit it to insurance. Mm -hmm. And they agreed to talk again the next day to talk Got about it. the process. Okay. And so after about midnight on the morning of Monday, February 9th, mm -hmm. she used her computer and map quested something I haven't seen in a very long time. MapQuest was was our source of, of information back right. in the day. <laughs> to get us from point A to point B. Wizardry. Um, so she MapQuested directions to the Berkshires and Burlington, Vermont, for some reason. Interesting. Okay. Um, at about 1 p.m., she emailed her boyfriend and said, I love you more, stud. I got your message, but honestly... I just don't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promise to call you today, though. Love you, Maura. 
And then she made a phone call about renting a condo in New Hampshire. And the condo association, which her family had vacationed in the past, um, hadn't answered. So she was just waiting for a call back. Interesting. The owner didn't rent the condo to Mora, though. And so at about 1.13, she called a nursing student, one of her fellow nursing students, but we don't know why. Okay. So Interesting. She's making minutes, a lot of moves over she, here. She's making a lot of moves. That's what was weird to me. Yeah. And so about 10, 11 minutes later, she emailed her supervisor at work. Okay. And told them that they would be out of town for a week due to a death in her family, which no one died in her family. Interesting. Okay. I mean, we've all used excuses. Right. To get out of work. Amen. In the past. Amen. I don't think I've ever used. This person is dying. (laughs) And that's the thing. Like, I never, ever wanted to say that because what? Karma. What if something happened? Karma. I would think it would be all my fault. 100%. I would never, We're on the same page. I would never say those words. Me neither. Fake that somebody didn't. No. No. Karma's a bitch, man. She'll get you. Too. So much. Um. So she told her supervisor she would contact them when she returned. Okay. Um. So then 40 minutes later, she called a number which uh, recorded information about booking hotels in vermont so she really wanted to get to vermont for some reason yeah we don't know why yeah because yeah that's weird did she have any ties to vermont whatsoever no not so weird interesting so delicious maple syrup (laughs) right right uh, so then she called her boyfriend at about 2.18. As promised. Yeah, and left a voicemail promising that they would talk later because he didn't and answer. Okay. So then Murray packed some clothing, toiletries, some textbooks, and her birth control pills. <laughs> okay. And then what was weird is when they went to go search her room afterwards, they saw that all her belongings were pretty much packed in boxes and all the art was removed from the walls. Huh. So it was just like she was planning on moving. She was, it sounded like she was planning on, or it looked like she was planning on moving or something like everything was just packed when they went to go search. Interesting. So on the top of the boxes, uh, there was an email to Marie or Maura's boyfriend Indicating trouble in their relationship. Okay. Um, so I digress back to the day around. Mm-hmm. So that was around 218, like I said. So then around 330, she was captured driving off campus. Okay. Um, Just by surveillance cameras. Yeah. And then all it also all the classes were canceled that day because of a snowstorm. Fun. So that's nice. But she yeah. so she was driving off campus and then 10 minutes later, she took out two hundred and eighty dollars from an ATM. OK. And what they saw there from the closed circuit footage is that she was alone. There was no one standing by okay. her. Yeah. So she then went to a nearby liquor store. Oh, no. Which we know that she's had problems with in the past. Her sister did, but it runs in the family. Yes. 
Um, so she purchased about $40 of alcohol, including like Bailey's, Kahlua, vodka, and a box of Franzia, I guess. Interesting. <laughs> it's an eclectic mix. That is, yeah. Um, and again, security footage from that liquor store shows that she's alone. So <laughs> then she left Amherst, where she was going mm-hmm. to college, and started to take I-91 north. Okay. Uh, she called to check her voicemail around 430, 440, and that was the last recorded use of her cell phone. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So... At about 7.27, so sometime after 7, in New Hampshire, their residents heard a loud thump outside of their house. Okay. And then they looked through the window, and they could see a car up against the snowbank on Route 112. Okay. Um, the car was pointed west on the eastbound of the road. Oh, and so she, the neighbor, decided to call the sheriff's department at 727 okay. to report the accident. And the 911 log actually claimed to have seen a man smoking a cigarette inside the car. Okay. Interesting. But then when they went to go talk to this lady, she said that she actually didn't see somebody in the car, but she saw a red glowing light from inside the car and thought maybe it could be a cell phone. But then at Why the are we same time, I know, I don't know. This is all so weird. Yeah. So, about the same time, another neighbor saw the car and someone was walking down the street and saw the vehicle. And she witnessed a third neighbor also pull up alongside the vehicle that crashed. Okay. So, the neighbor that pulled up to the vehicle was actually a school bus driver returning home from work. Mm-hmm. Um, the school bus driver noticed the young woman was not bleeding or she wasn't really injured, but she was cold and shivering. Okay. He offered to telephone for help or call 911, um, and she asked him not to call the police. One of the reports actually said she pleaded with the school bus driver not to call the police. She stated that she had already called AAA, um, and they were on their way. Okay. So the school bus driver actually knew that there really wasn't good cell phone reception Mm -hmm. in the area. So he went home and called the sheriff's department, even though he said he wouldn't. And that call was made at 743. Okay. Um, And then another local resident drove by and claimed she passed by the vehicle at 737 and saw a police SUV parked face to face with Morris car but when she pulled over to see if anyone was everyone was okay whatever yeah she did not see anyone inside or outside the cars and so she just decided to leave out of both those part the suv and morris car interesting um Hmm. so the witness statements like contradict what the police log says and yeah there's a lot of fuckery going on here yeah. With well, the storyline. I know. And the police log actually has the police arriving nine minutes later. Okay. Um, And so they're saying that they arrived at 746, which is, what, 
11 or 13 minutes after the, the school call. bus driver yeah. called. So, uh, when the police came up, they wrote in their report that there was actually no one inside or around the car. The car had impacted the tree on the driver's side of the vehicle. Okay. And damaged the left headlight and pushing the car's radiator into the fan and made it inoperable, pretty much. Okay. The car's windshield was cracked on the driver's side and both airbags had deployed, but the car was locked. Okay. So... He also discovered red stains that looked to be like red wine. Okay. And inside the car, the officer found an empty beer bottle and a damaged box of Franzia wine on the rear seat. Which we knew she had. Yes. In addition, he also found a AAA card, a blank accident report form, gloves, compact discs, makeup, diamond jewelry, driving directions to Burlington, Vermont. Marie's stuffed animal, her favorite stuffed animal. Okay. A book and some other random items. What he did not find was her debit card or credit cards or cell phone. Okay. And it's never been located. Interesting. Or used. Weird. Since that day. So, obviously, she's just disappeared. There's no sign of her. Yeah. Um, They also uh, found some liquor bottles that were missing as well. So, she took some liquor with her, or someone took some liquor with her. I mean, it'll keep you warm. (laughs) True. Um, And then, so, about 20, 30 minutes later, between 8 and 9.30... Someone said that they saw a young woman moving quickly on foot eastbound on Route 112, about four to five miles from where the accident was. He said the woman had was wearing jeans, a dark coat, and she had a light-colored hood. He didn't report this, though, immediately for some reason. Interesting. Because he was actually confused about the dates when all of this came about, and he, he didn't realize he was working. And then he, like, looked back at his work logs and realized that was the day. So the officer that came to site on site at the car crash, they they started searching the area. And then around 8 a.m., EMS and fire trucks arrived to clear the scene. Um, And then the car got towed around 8.50. And then around 9.30, the officers left because there was no other information they could gather. Yeah. Um, So... Authorities would refer to Mora as simply missing at around 12 o'clock the next day, almost 24 hours after the last confirmed sighting of her. Okay. So then obviously they started searching the next day. Around 1240, they put out an all points bulletin and said, be on the lookout for this girl. She was wearing this outfit. Um, And then a voicemail was left on her dad's answering machine at around 320. Um, stating that her car had been found abandoned. And then around 5 o'clock, her older sister contacted her father to tell him of the situation. And then, lo and behold, everybody 
started just searching and trying to comb the area to see if they found any information. Okay. Two days later, her dad decided to go down to where this place was, which is weird to me because, or not two days later, one day later from when he found out. Okay. Um, Because he didn't find out till the next day. And so it took him about a day to get there, which from what they said, he lived in Connecticut and Vermont's pretty close. Yeah. They're all small states. Yeah. They use police dog trackers. They actually picked up a scent of one of Mora's gloves about 100 yards east. Okay. From where the vehicle was discovered, but then lost the scent right afterwards. Interesting. Right. Like maybe she got in a car with somebody or something. Yeah. Who knows? So that's what it suggested to them that she like just got into another vehicle or some random person's vehicle. And then her boyfriend decided that he was going to come down um, as well and start helping search. Where was he when all this was happening? He was still back at school or back we at have, the... We have confirmation of this? Yeah, I mean, he had to, he got on a flight. Oh, so he was like far away. Yeah, he got on a flight to this location, Haver Hill. Okay. Um. But while he was on the flight, you turned off your phone. Obviously, you turn off your phone when you're on a plane. Yeah. And during that time that his phone was off, uh, he got a voicemail of someone just sobbing. Like, crying. Weird. And then... From, like, a random number? Yeah. It didn't show the number. It just showed a voicemail. Oh. Because in 2004, I don't think it really... Didn't tell you, like, you have a missing call from 303. Not when it's off. Oh, interesting. So they believed it was Mora. Um, the call was actually traced to a card issued to the American Red Cross. So, huh. yeah, it's just a lot of weird information that we're getting and, like, a lot of... It's not even, like, inform- it's, like, pieces of information. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not even, like, a full picture of like what exactly went down right which is weird because there seems to be so many stories but then they all contradict each other they all contradict each other and it just doesn't fit together yeah like people were seeing her four or five miles away on foot yeah but then the dogs lost the scent about whatever 100 100, yards yeah 100 yards away um and so it was just (laughs) There was just so much going on. And, of course, it was also very snowy. Um, Okay. So I'm wondering if that, like, deterred the dogs or, like, Mm -hmm. takes away scent. I don't know. Yeah. But so what's weird is that they've been searching all along. So there was no information coming up about, you know, any new information. No one's seen her. There was no sighting. and then in November of 2005, someone actually found or saw a black backpack behind a restroom around 30 miles east of Route 112. Okay. And it like perked everyone's ear up. And because Mora had a black backpack. Yeah. Um, but there was no information whether they took the backpack and started doing forensic testing on it or to mm-hmm. see if it was. So the FBI also took over the search because they didn't think that local authorities had the capacity. Had or... the, yeah, were able to do it. OK. So in October 2006, 
there was another search and at the crash site, the cadaver dogs allegedly went bonkers and maybe found or saw or smelt the presence of human remains. Okay. At a house close by. The house had been formerly one of the residents of the of a man who gave a rusty knife to her dad randomly on the street. Yeah. I don't, none of this like weird. None of this is just fitting well, together. Why did he give him a knife? I have no idea. He just gave him a rusty knife when they were doing their search. Weird. In 2004. Weird. But, you know, it's actually really common in a lot of these cases that the person who did do something, like, let's say she was murdered. Yeah. The murderer the tends to plug themselves into the investigation right. to try and be helpful. Yeah. So weird. Why Why would you give them some rusty knife? Here you go. Maybe he found it and just, like, handed it to them. Maybe. Found it. I use air quotes, but... Maybe really he was the trying to be, Yeah, maybe he was trying to help be helpful or whatever. I don't know. That's weird. So they tied a blue ribbon around the tree that she hit. Okay. And they finally actually cut it down this year. Oh wow. Um, and then what prompted me to talk about this story is that two weeks ago. Ooh. Two weeks ago, there was a bone fragment that was found in Lincoln, New Hampshire, about 16 miles east of where the crash site was. Mm-hmm. Um, Murray or Mora had been to the mountains before and had knowledge of the area. And so the bro- bone fragments were pretty small and may take anywhere from two to seven months to identify if it was Mora's or not. Okay. But that area is starting to be investigated. So 16 miles, wherever, east of mm-hmm. that location is starting to be investigated as a possible location. Link. Yeah. So. Interesting. There's just not a lot. Wait, and you said it was 16 miles east, mm-hmm. which is the direction that she was headed, supposedly. She in... was heading north. Well, the no, when oh, they yeah. saw her running yeah. away, yeah. she was heading east on she the. She was heading east and they saw her about four to five miles. There was a sighting also Interesting. about four to five miles away. Bone fragments to me would tell me that she's probably no longer with us then. Yeah. her. I mean, it's been, what, 17 years now. And so yeah, her dad and her family don't think that she is with us. And they've come out multiple times in the year saying, you know, I just want to put my daughter to rest. Like, just yeah. let me know what happened. I don't think she's alive. I need closure. Like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, but it's just it's just a weird case. Like there was just a lot of random things happening leading up to that point. Yeah. And the lady saying the neighbor saying that there's someone in the car. Yeah. And then there wasn't. And And then she saw like a red light, but it could have been from a cell phone. Right. Or it was some it was a man smoking. And then the police saying that they only arrived nine minutes after the first call. But then. You know, they're saying other people are saying they didn't see a police vehicle until about 20 minutes later. Yeah. Then that the police vehicle was just facing the car and no one was there. That's what was weird to me. That is weird. But like, I I don't know, because like in my mind, if I was like the neighbor, I'm the nosy person. Yeah. So I would be like watching to see what happens. So like probably I'd be watching until the cops got there and then I'd be like. 
either I'd be like, okay, somebody, somebody else is somebody else's responsibility now, or I would continue to watch because I'm nosy. But especially seeing a young woman by herself, like, yeah, at night. Yeah, I would definitely go out there and be like, you good? I'm going to stay with you until the police come. Yeah, it's interesting. You got some friends. Yeah, (laughs) I see that Bailey's. Let's get let's warm up. I'll go get some coffee. Let's get lit. Hot chocolate. (laughs) No, but it's just a lot of information that really doesn't pertain to one another. Yeah, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. So I I don't know if she was just having like a mental breakdown because of her sister and then getting into a car accident with her dad's car. And then she just needed like a mental health time. Yeah. And then she just all of a sudden disappears. Yeah. Weird. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. 